Cousin Jared. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, I told people, I said, why are you not signed up either on Dub Club or on Black Book just at least to get our A plus play of the day? Yep. And one of you took heart. Uh, we, we have one new person on Black Book. Uh, one person extra now because of listening to me benefited from the A plus play of the day uh, with the Cincinnati Reds, an easy winner. Yep. That improves the play of the day to 13 and three this month. Because uh, when I was looking at this, because I kind of mentioned yesterday, I figured I should back up the words with the data. Mm-hmm. The ROI this year on the play of the day is 8.1%. Mm. Last year's play of the day in baseball, 10.3%. So mm. if you're thinking you've missed out, you haven't. There's still more good things to come yep. on the play of the day. College yep. football play of the day last year. I gave out like plays at the time slots because it's like one day play on Saturday, right? So I was giving out like four or five plays, sometimes even more on Saturdays, depending yep. on how many games. Those went to a 5.3% ROI. So uh, you sign up. Yeah. Plays of the day alone will make you money. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll we're, all, we're all looking for ways to offset inflation. And the A-plus play of the day, good way to do that. I did not imagine going there, but but that works. Um, we uh, we look like geniuses for taking the Oakland A's. Uh, yes, that yes. was easy. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look like geniuses for taking the over the Tigers and Twins yesterday. Yep, uh, that was good. We did kind of like the Twins. We talked about liking the Twins, and, and they fell short, but we got the over at least. Uh, gave up the Cubs on Twitter as a free pick, and uh, they they kind of made us sweat a little bit, but but they came through for us. Yep. Uh, in the end, and because Jared, you and I were talking uh, off show, off everything, I was we were texting, and then we took the conversation to the Discord, where I kind of was like, "Hey, it sounded like what you were saying. You're, you're kind of playing those first five A grades, kind of doubling up a little bit, or fifty or, or percenting yeah. up a little bit." I said, "Hey, should, should I be doing that? You know?" And and uh, we talked about it on the Discord, and sure enough, yes, or today here on, on depending on yesterday when you're listening to this, or Wednesday, first five A grade plays: Tampa winner, Astros winner, Reds. Winner, A's, winner, four A grade, first fives, all winners. So, I mean, yep, yep. And especially like, yeah, and especially like some of those teams, like I think it needs to be looked at as two separate plays because sometimes, like, you know, the starter is either so A's. good or the bull. The so A's is two separate plays because Blackbird versus the bullpen is a whole different world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thankfully, the lead was big enough to not matter, but that's a whole yeah. different world. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and right as of right now, the Dodgers up by three runs in the fifth. And so looking looking decent on our Dodgers pick uh, from the day before as well. So feels like good times. Uh, let's get to today's That's- games. Uh, four or five Eastern Red Sox and the Nationals. Uh, Red Sox, you know, better team. Not really shocking anybody there. Much better offense. Uh, Chris Sale versus Patrick Corbett, a pair of lefties. Uh, Sale's the better pitcher. Uh, I don't think I'm breaking news there. ERAs are pretty similar. Patrick Corbin, uh, a guy I haven't talked about a lot lately. Last year, the story was he started terrible, yeah. and I kept saying as the season went along, he's not as bad as those numbers. You know, like Metric said he should do better, and his ERA kind of slowly fell throughout the season. There was a little bit of value on him at the end of last year, started this year because of the perception that he was like the worst pitcher in baseball, and really he was just not good. And I think that's kind of balanced out now. He might actually be a little bit worse than his 485 ERA. You can see the grade on the screen, 111. Not good. Uh, you know, not 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 the worst pitcher in baseball, but but mm-hmm. but not good either. Uh, definitely, we'll be up against it against Chris Sale. 
his uh, opponent on the mound. Underlying metrics for sales say his ERA should be a full run better than that 452 ERA relievers. Red Sox relievers uh, looking pretty good. Uh, metrics improving on them by the day, it seems like, uh, especially when you consider the fact that they play half their home games in uh, probably the second yeah. most favorite hitter-friendly ballpark yeah. uh, in, in, in Fenway. So pretty good set of relievers there. If the Red Sox can get a lead, you'd think they'd hold it. Uh, weather-wise, it should be around 80 degrees in Washington. Wind will be blowing in. So it'll kind of balance that out, kind of make it play like a neutral game. Because uh, we're going to be on the Red Sox here. We're going to play the minus one. Uh, same debate you always have. Should you take the money line? Should you take the, the run line here? Uh, model says the Red Sox win this about two out of three times. If you can get minus 167 or better, that would be an A grade. The money line price is like C plus grade. The run line play is like C minus grade. That makes the minus one pretty squarely in the C grade. Not a lot of games today. I don't want people to get turned off by the C grade here because sometimes when you talk about these, sometimes we like the B and C grades and sometimes we don't, right? You got to look through them and see. They're kind of just look look for the A plays or kind of just Let's play them in the long run. It's going to work out. The B and C grades are let's look into them a little bit deeper. That's what we aim to do here on the show is look into this one a little bit deeper. Model wants a slightly better price for this before it really loves it, but it still thinks it's worth looking into. And cousin Jared, I have a hunch what you're going to say about this as to why that value is there. And that goes back to those lefties on the mound and that you feel a lot better backing Chris Sale than Patrick Corbin. Yes, that is exactly correct. I feel a lot, a lot better backing Chris Sale here. Uh, and usually I like to either, you know, just take the team on the run line, kind of for, forget doing the combo, making it, you know, Red Sox minus one. Um, I usually like just playing on the run line or playing the money line, but I actually really like doing the combination here and kind of ending up with the Red Sox uh, laying one run here. Mostly that is because this game projects to only have about nine runs. It's not at that double, double digit run threshold where I would usually feel more comfortable um, laying a run and a half. And the Red Sox, while their offense is pretty good, it's not like Dodgers level good or some of these other teams that you feel really good about laying a run and yeah. a half. Um, but I think the starting pitching mismatch here is large enough where I would prefer to get the better odds laying one run as opposed to just you know, land minus whatever it might be, 200, 220, whatever. I don't know. That, right. 185 right now. 185 um, for, you know, that big of a mismatch. I feel good about laying the one run, getting a little bit uh, less steep odds there and back at Chris Sale. Uh, the other reason why this might not be the most uh, valuable number out there, why you'd hope for a slightly better number. It kind of goes back to what you're talking about with that Red Sox offense. If you notice here on screen, the Red Sox offense gets a 110 grade against lefties. They have a lot of lefties and a lot of switch hitters in that lineup. The Red Sox offense drops to a 101. And so the offensive mismatch is not quite as great with Corbin being a lefty as it would otherwise be. And that kind of goes back to your point. It's going to be a little bit more difficult from a probability standpoint for the Red Sox to put up a ton of runs and just blow them out of the water. It doesn't mean they can't because the pitching mismatch is there. It absolutely is possible, but it's just not quite as likely, as you mentioned, with a team that has a better offense, the way the Astros are hitting the ball right now, Dodgers, Braves, right? some of these teams like that. It's just you feel a little bit more comfortable with them putting up a ton of runs. Red Sox against the lefty. Solid, especially against Corbin. Solid. They should score some runs, absolutely. But uh, it's not quite as easy to just take that run line. And again, the run line price is kind of steep. Um, you know, I think yeah. that kind of is part of the fact that they're maybe expecting a little bit more 
runs that I'm expecting. Biggest thing on the runs, I think, is going to be the wind. Right now, the wind's blowing in. If that wind shifts around a little bit, you might expect a little bit more runs. Maybe the run that looks a little bit more appealing. Again, that's all the information that's provided over on Dub Club and the morning update. I'll rerun the model, uh, rerun all that weather stuff, and people get an update exactly of is the wind blowing out, in, across, everything like that, how strong it is, how much the weather affects uh, the projected total, all that information. And that could kind of help you also figure out if you're debating between the two. Uh, splitting your bet here is the official pick, but as always, you know, better, you have the uh, the tools in your hands to, to, to decide if you want to take the money line, run line, split them like we do. Uh, however, you decide whatever you think is best. This is what the official recommendation is, but I'm not going to be offended if you go one way or the other. Uh, Cousin Jared, if you were looking to play this first five, uh, would would you like it more or less the same here? Uh, the bullpen's obviously favor the Red Sox. Nats bullpen has really Finnegan. That's about it uh, in it. But obviously, you know, you're kind of looking at the same thing. You might be looking at Red Sox laying that half run, having to lay a price for them to win the first five. Model says that they can win the first five 53% of the time. If you can get something in that, you know, minus 110 range, is that – a reasonable first five or would you just say I'd rather just go full game kind of what are your thoughts on that I'd, I'd rather just go full game and know that the Red Sox are the better team in almost every aspect of this and not try to isolate the first half game second half game anything like that just full game let's let's be on the Red Sox because they are just better in every single way yeah yeah and I found myself kind of in a similar spot when you have this uh when you're looking at the first five and sometimes you said sometimes it's completely different handicap or it's a, or it's two kind of separate yeah, games yeah. when you just have this the team's better i kind of just want the extra innings the, yep. the extra four innings that you're getting there because then you have less uh, opportunity for weird variants to happen and more yep. opportunity for things to just balance out the better team to show up i think we saw it uh, might have been last night with the dodgers two nights ago i can't remember there was a dodgers game recently where it was like one-to-one one after five innings or something. And then they won the game like seven to two. And you're like, that yeah. was kind of what we expected. It just started off. Yeah. And that's the benefits of taking the full game. That's why I default to that. Sometimes we add on the first five a little bit as well, but this is, we're just sticking to full game. Uh, weird start time, 405 PM Eastern. I don't know if that's because of uh, something weird happening. It's like fake getaway day. I mean, it obviously <laughs> is getaway day, but it's, it's kind of a weird, uh, weird start yeah. time, but I, I don't, I don't mind the start time, you know, as long as we get some day baseball, I guess everyone's happy, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, day baseball is never bad. 7.15 p.m. Eastern. Speaking of bad, Mets and the <laughs> Cardinals. Uh, I don't, I just, where's like, can I just like go to like shrug emoji? Like what is happening in this game? Like uh, mm -hmm. if it's ever possible for both teams to lose, this would be it. Uh, <laughs> in, talk about the, 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 does the winner of this series or the loser of this series get to claim the title for most disappointing team. I feel like it could go either way. I don't know which, how that plays out. Right. It's like, the, you know, the yeah. toilet bowl, right. Do you want to win that or lose that to win the crown? I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think both of these teams just want the season to be over. They're like, you know, I think somebody just wants to hit fast forward on all this. The fans want to hit fast forward. The teams want to hit fast forward. Uh, you know, they just want this to be over. Is what if, if you're a fan of one of these teams watching the show, you you know the season's over and you're just like, hey, how do I make money either, you know, yeah. <laughs> across all 30 teams? Yeah. Um, I heard the Mets talking recently about Diaz potentially making a comeback this season. And I think mm -hmm. the article ended with something like, given the way the Mets season has gone, yeah, maybe it's just not worth it for him to try to come back this season and just focus on next year. <laughs> yeah. Offensively, Cardinals the better team. Uh, relievers are, are a disaster. The biggest mismatch here is Jose Quintana versus Adam Wainwright. Quintana has been very solid. 
though it is interesting in his 29 innings, and it's a small sample size, and that's probably why this happens. 303 ERA, FIP right at that same mark, but his XFIP is five. Uh, hmm. So you very rarely see quite a divergence between FIP and XFIP. Again, that's a product of the small sample size. But either way, I think Quintana's an above average pitcher. He's a solid pitcher. Depending on kind of like, you know, which eye you squint, he goes from either, you know, good to very good, uh, whatever. But again, he's solid. Uh, unfortunately, whoever pitches after the starting pitching will not be solid. But Adam hmm. Wainwright probably yeah. just shouldn't be out there at this point they're trying to get him wins if they were trying to get him wins they should have him pitch in the bullpen because they could purposely put him into like tie games and just be like go out and throw an inning in a tie game every third night and see what happens yeah. the probability that he goes five innings and doesn't get shelled is like it's not zero but it's got to be close uh 878 yeah. era and the underlying metrics uh you know aren't that much better uh just plummeting to the bottom of starting pitching rings after pitching fairly well last year, yeah. uh, kind of defying father time the last several years, continuing to pitch well. And then the wheels have just come off. That is yeah. why the Mets are predicted to win this game on the road, which is crazy to imagine the Mets being favored on the road and a game not started by Jacob DeGrom, Matt Scherzer, Justin Verlander, all the pitchers they don't have anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, minus 121 is what the price should be. We are going to play the Mets at minus 118. It's a C grade. Minus 114 would be a B grade pick. Uh, Cousin Jared, we're on the Mets here. The value is not great, but to some extent, as much as the Mets have messed up the season, uh, we've talked about this before. They've won some games recently. They will win some games. They're not going to win mm -hmm. 100, but they're going to still win some games. And how many more chances are we going to have to put some real money down fading Adam Wainwright? It feels like if the Royals can score a ton of runs off of them, literally a high school team can. That's obviously not true. It's an exaggeration. Uh, but Cousin Jared, I have to assume that's the impetus behind wanting to play the Mets. It's not about playing the Mets, but about fading Adam Wainwright. Get one hundred percent. It's it's this is all about fading uh, Wayne right here. Uh, I'll I'll get back to him in a second. What I will say is sideline projects this game to have nine point seven runs. Right now the total is ten and a half. Um, be wary, people. I mm -hmm. would not recommend mm -hmm. playing the under mm -hmm. ten and a half mm -hmm. in yeah. this game. Yeah. You talked about Jose Quintana, his expert being a little bit higher there. And when you look at some of the metrics, you can kind of understand why the expert. I wouldn't have expected it to be that high, but you can kind of understand why it's a little bit higher. He's only struck out. What is it? Uh, he hasn't struck out very many people. He's walked three people per nine innings uh, for, for starters, you know, only striking out six per nine, walking mm -hmm. three per nine. Not exactly what you're looking for. His whip is 1.28, which is, solid but but nothing to write home about necessarily and so i can see how you know the cardinals could score some runs but yeah adam wainwright has just gone off the the deep end and i'm wondering obviously like part of that is just him getting older you know this happens to everybody at some point but how much of this is losing yadier molina we talked about it a lot at the mm -hmm. beginning of the season mm -hmm. with everything that happened yeah. with Contreras behind the plate you know yeah. yadier and wainwright were they were best buds for for so long and you'd have to think that has something to do with how you know just he's completely fallen off the cliff this season yeah that that it's very possible that wainwright wasn't a very good pitcher the last couple of years but yadi knew him so well knew exactly yeah. how to sequence what to throw when to throw it where to frame exactly because he knew him so well because yep. i mean there aren't many catchers who've caught a pitcher as many times yeah, yeah. is that battery and there's a good chance that he really elevated Wainwright's value. And now you have a guy who doesn't know him quite as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that could 
you know, be playing for it more. Of course, also we've seen a lot of times, right? When father time hits, it hits hard. That's definitely what's happening yep. with Rainwright. Uh, Cousin Jared, uh, if you have the sets upon Quintana, I'm going to ask you a question about it. I have a hunch. Sure. I know the answer to this. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to predict the answer. I don't know the answer, but knowing that the uh, difference between FIP and XFIP has to do with home run rates, XFIP looks at home run f- per fly ball and expects that mm-hmm. to be average. And FIP does not. It just says mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of in your control, which it kind of is, but not really. Uh, mm-hmm. It kind of is a little bit more based off your home ballpark, right? If you play in course, mm-hmm. you're going to give up more home runs per fly balls. My hunch is uh, Jose Katana probably has not allowed a single home run this year. And that's probably why his FIP is there. It's probably home. If, either it's zero or one, I have to assume. It is zero in 29.2 innings pitched. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that would make sense because in XFIP's looking at that saying, given how many fly balls he would be expected to have allowed three home runs, four home runs, something like that. And so that's probably the difference. Uh, he won't be able to continue to allow zero home runs. Uh, but and this is the difference. This is where I don't, I, I, I kind of want to get into the weeds here because at some point this is about education, help learn the difference between what these underlying metrics mean. Um, you know, pitching in that stadium, uh, his home run for, per fly ball probably will be lower than league average. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the model's kind of looking at all that, trying to parse through all that, figure all that out. Um, not in an AI way, because the AI is just a bunch of like, not to diss AI, but it, it it's a black box. No one really knows what it's doing. Um, we're doing it more in a, a formulaic way that we can understand it. Because I, I, I'm a firm believer in you better be able to explain your models uh, with given enough time. And I, I could do that with enough time. Uh, and, and so the idea is that he should have a slightly lower that average home run per fly ball in that park. It's a very pitcher friendly ballpark. You're going to get more fly balls caught in foul territory. It's pretty deep to a couple places. You don't get a lot of warm days. Uh, they're on the Island, you know, especially in the night, like, like you're projected, we have wind blowing in. That's going to help him as well, but it won't be zero. He will allow some home runs. Yep. And so that's, that's the main disagreement between FIP and XFIP, but I'm with you as much as the weather might try to push this, or sorry, this one's in St. Louis, but same thing, uh, uh, another pitcher-friendly ballpark uh, in, in St. Louis. And so, uh, and of course, his home ballpark being uh, on the island there, you know, is, is pitcher-friendly. But the, that's trying to keep the total down. But uh, the Cardinals could obviously put up runs at home at any given point. And you have to assume Wayne Red's going to allow like yeah. six himself. So yeah. uh, I wouldn't play the over, uh, not in that park, not with this yeah. weather. Yeah. Uh, not with the Mets offense who could also go cold, but gosh, with, yeah, wouldn't play <laughs> with the on the mound, I would not play the under. Yeah. Yeah. And, so. I, and, and I had to look this up because I thought this was true, but Wainwright and Molina actually do have the most starts of all time together as a battery, um, 328 starts. And they're the only uh, pitcher catcher battery on that list uh, that have played together since 2002. And yeah. so like, the, obviously the game is different uh, today. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, they, Literally nobody did it longer and for more starts than what they did. I was thinking they were up there. I didn't know it was number one, but I was, as I was talking about, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's, I remember hearing them either one of those, like they've got as high as they're going to get, or they completely set the record or something. Cause it was yeah. not going to, they were just together for so long. Perfectly yep. overlapped. 328 uh, games. That's a lot. Uh, again, the, yep. the too long don't read version of this is, is more or less, I just don't know how many more opportunities we're going to get to fade Wayne, right? I have to assume that the Cardinals are, they really are trying to get him his 200th win. At some point, the bullpen is the better way to do that. And so when he's in the bullpen, we won't be able to fade him. So it's usually, I don't love playing C grades, but this is where it's, we're going to put a little coin on it here just because uh, we cannot pass up that opportunity, Mm -hmm. which will take us to our last game here late when 940 PM Eastern Diamondbacks at the Padres. Uh, Speaking of disappointing teams, the Diamondbacks, 
just fell off a cliff after such a strong start. Yeah. Uh, really struggling. It's almost like the Mariners took off and took the took the Diamondbacks juju from them. Uh and and Mariners been winning a bunch of games, close games, offense being better, and the Diamondbacks just falling apart. Padres have been disappointing all season. Uh today's show, I guess, is about disappointing teams, it seems like. Um Padres get better offense, but you just never know when they're gonna show up, how they're gonna play out. And you see on screen there, obviously the, the Padres relievers talk about them all season. Diamondbacks relievers uh solid, but that pitching mismatch, my goodness, Zach mm-hmm. Gallon and Rich Hill. Speaking of over the hill, <laughs> pitchers. Uh, Rich Hill, 517 ERA. Advanced metrics say it maybe should be a tiny bit better, but you're talking about a guy who, uh, you know, you can't have a lot of faith in more than Adam Wainwright, but only by default. Against Zach Gallon, a 324 ERA. The advanced metrics say that's pretty spot on. He has pitched worse on the road. Uh, you know, there's no denying that. We see that with every pitcher. Every pitcher, for the most part, in the long run, pitches better at home. Gallon is no exception. Is it a little bit stronger with Gallon? Maybe. Does it matter against Rich Hill? I guess that's the question that I have for you, uh, cousin Jared. Model doesn't seem to think so. We're gonna be the Dimebacks are at minus one fourteen. Model says they win fifty seven percent of the time. If you see on screen, model money line A grade price minus one fourteen. This is minus one fourteen. It's a B grade. Why is that? Because you make a cut point somewhere. And the cut point happened to be minus 114 with rounding. It was actually like minus, you know, 113.8 and minus 114 is not better than minus 113.8. And so it technically fell on the other side of that and gave it a B grade, uh, whatever. It's it's literally rounding error. And this is, of course, the problem with trying to make these cut points, right? If you, if, if you, if you really do this, um, the right way, the quote unquote, if you're with us on the audio only version, I'm doing air quotes here, right? Uh, you know, you, like a Kelly multiplier thing, you actually plug in the expected probabilities and and that way it's a, it's a continuous spectrum and not a, you know, delineated into groups type thing. For the most part, if you delineate it into groups, it doesn't really change much. It's rounding your how much it's going to matter. So it's not really that big of a deal to go one way or the other. It's going to kind of come out in the wash. Uh, yeah. But if you were to look and actually plug in the probabilities, you know, this is a B plus 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 a minus 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 whichever one you want to look right on the cut play. Because uh, Jared, what do you have for us on this one? I would say I'm a glass half full guy, and so this is a minus 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 play uh, for, for me. That's definitely the way that I view it. Uh, it. It's funny that you talk about the Diamondbacks falling off cliff um, because definitely they have done that. But the game that we just talked about with the Mets and the Cardinals, we said, "Hey, most disappointing teams," and I think the Padres would say, "Hey, hold on, hold my beer, hold my I, beer." I, yeah, I, I have something to say <laughs> about this. I, I, they're only separated by three games in, in the standings, but it feels like the Diamondbacks still have something to play for. And it feels like the Padres are just, you know, things are starting to fall apart. I mean, Juan Soto said after a game last week that he feels like the team's given up. And then, you know, a couple of days later, Ooh, he I didn't hear that. Yeah. And, he, and then he, he tried to, to, he, he, he said in the context of this space, the specific game, that they lost the Mariners that he was like, I felt like the team gave up in this specific game. He tried to backtrack on that a couple of days later, but I mean, come on people. I'm sure with the expectations that the Padres had going into the season that many people would, would feel that way. And a, a pitcher uh, that you could look at that would not make that any better is going against Zach Gallen, uh, you know, just the, the all-star game starter. And so, you know, I, I think this is just a big pitching mismatch. I, it's one of those things where if the, the Padres get down early, I mean, Soto said it himself, felt like the Padres gave up. And so this is one of those things where, hey, 
think we might find ourselves in a similar situation um, with this game tomorrow. I, I think that the Diamondbacks just feel like they still have something to play for, even if maybe they don't. And the Padres, I just feel like the wheels are kind of coming off. I, I think they do with regards to the wild card. It's a great point you make, though, that uh, with a guy like Allen, as much as he's you know not been great on the road here the second half of the season, um, it's a small sample size. Gallon's a professional. He's a really good pitcher. You know, this isn't the first, his, not his first rodeo, right? And a situation where if they can get a couple runs on Rich Hill, this could be a start that he would have to turn that around in a, in a very pitcher friendly ballpark. I mean, I'm not, I'm not predicting this because again, trying to predict the game to a T is a literal foolish goal, but it wouldn't surprise me if Gallon goes out and throws seven innings, one run, because yep. uh, you know, he, we know it's in him now, obviously the Padres are good offense and they could hit him around. Absolutely. But uh, like you said, it, it, you have to assume the Diamondbacks are going to be able to score off a of Rich Hill. Everybody's been scoring off a of Hill uh, mm-hmm. most of the season, especially lately. He had a few good starts there, but for the most part, teams are scoring off him. The Diamondbacks' offense is, is is good still. And uh, if the Padres give up, this could be a, a good start, a good road start for Gallon to kind of hang his hat on. You talk about the standings, and it is just a mess. In the National League, the Braves are out way in front. The Dodgers are, you know, leaving everybody else behind as much as they can. When you talk about the wild card, the first wild card would be the Phillies with 66 wins. Second would be the Giants at 64. Third would be the Marlins at 63. The Diamondbacks have 61. The Padres at 58. The Diamondbacks mm-hmm. being two two wins out here, about two games ish. I'm not counting up losses and some of the games, you know, one game sloppy or whatever, two ish back. Um, the issue for the Padres is not that they're five games back. It's that they're five games back and there are a ton of teams in yes. between them. And that's going to be the problem for the Padres that yep. they're going to have to do something fast because there's still time. Uh, but these are the types of series that they need to go in and win at minimum, you know, three or four and mm-hmm. really not just make up ground on the team they're catching, but also hamper the teams that are in between them because right now the Dimebacks aren't even in the playoff spot. They're just in between them. So a two and two series literally doesn't do them any good. And even three and one only helps them so much, right? They, yep. they even, need to do better than that probably obviously it's it's yeah and it's funny because all all the teams on that list like i the ones that i feel most most confident in are the cubs and the marlins um i wouldn't have thought that uh going into into the season but like cincinnati don't feel great about them arizona don't feel great about how they've played the second half of the season and then i I don't i don't feel great about san diego at all i do want to touch on the total on this game Hmm. we kind of mentioned with with wainwright in in the cardinals game that we would not recommend going under that game even though sideline might recommend you to you could say the same thing about rich hill uh because sideline says 7.8 runs in this game current total i'm seeing is about eight and a half you could say the same thing about rich hill but the difference is this park just naturally suppresses runs as it is and so like am i confident enough to like give it a my 100 stamp of approval here to go out and bet this under probably not but man it's it's kind of appealing to me if i think about it just because i think the park may be able to naturally do what rich hill cannot do yeah i i I definitely agree with you there. Uh, I'm like you. I'm not playing it under eight and a half. Uh, I I would play under nine just because nine is such a common number that push protection in a game that we expect to be relatively tight. I mean, even with the Diamondbacks being 57% likely to win, this could easily be a tight game. I mean, that's the most likely scenario that someone's up one or two late. And so nine, having that push protection on nine would matter. So personally, I I would only go under nine, but I'm, I'm like you. If I had to, I would at least 
you know, say under makes more sense. Yep. And this one model projects 7.8. So model would say lean under as well, as opposed to the Cardinals game where it's like, I would not, if you made yeah, me, yeah. I would just say, no, what, what are my other yeah, options? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, can I bet exact number? Give me, I'd rather play like a Mac game, like exact number at massive plus odds. Just be like, let's have fun with it because yeah, who yeah. the heck knows with that Cardinals game. This one, I, I would do under if I had to, but yeah, personally, uh, I, I need that nine, yep. uh, you know, if it's me. Because, uh, Jared, no prop of the day. We did win tonight's, though. That's all three this week, four in a row now. Um, that was an easy one. Fading, uh, fading a lefty against the Astros is just like mm-hmm. taking candy from a baby or, or whatever. Yeah. The yeah, It's really not like the easiest thing to do necessarily. Yeah. I mean, the baby's cries. I mean, well, I, it's definitely not taking candy from a four-year-old. That is not. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's got to be a yeah. baby. I would say like sub eighteen months is probably the easiest yeah. target. Yeah. And then they just cry anyway. They just cry anyway. Um, no prop of the day. There's nothing out right now. So uh, nothing to talk about here. Smaller slate. Uh, we'll have another prop for you know, for Friday slate. See if we can wrap up the perfect week. Uh, so that is our show for the day. There's the recap on screen. Cousin Jared, any parting words? I was I was looking at uh, college football totals for week zero, you know, getting prepped for the first college football show. And, uh, you know, spoiler, the books don't know anything about these totals. They're hanging a bunch of common numbers and just saying, daring you to go one way or the other. Um, so it'll be fun to see how week zero plays out. Uh, I'm, I'm, it'll be fun to see what you tell us to do since you are the totals maestro. Uh, the new college of model will be projecting totals. Uh, it'll yeah. be kind of in, in alpha mode, beta mode, whatever you want to call it. So mm-hmm. uh, they're not going to be totals that we're going to uh, use only. We're going to use our, 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 all the tools in our toolbox that we have and making total recommendations, but we're going to have another tool to talk about with the new player-based model. It'll be a new addition this year, projecting totals. Uh, it'll be interesting with the uh, first down situation. Now we should, we're expecting yeah. fewer plays to be run. So that That's should true. overall make totals a little bit lower. So we'll talk about that, of course, on the first episode. That'll be being recorded here in like four days. Uh, so uh, it's, it's coming up soon enough. Uh, week it zero is, is uh, about 10 days away uh, yeah. from the like seven games or whatever we have on that Saturday. So uh, good time coming up but otherwise still got some baseball between now and then uh hopefully this is a profitable slate been a pretty good week so far hopefully we can keep it rolling uh, thanks for watching this episode of picks with the professor i'll be back again tomorrow with more baseball betting content until then as always best of luck and remember you can eat your betting money but please don't bet your eating money <laughs>